Boom. There it is. We ready to rock? I'm so ready. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. And we get the podcast again, which is amazing. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast, brought to you today by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Suleiman. As usual, I sit here with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. And we have a really important conversation today that we wanted to bring. So we're going to do things a little bit different today, aren't we, John? Yes, we are. And you can tell who wanted to do this podcast. Oh, we both want to do this (laughs) podcast. You know, this... we know lately we've been bringing some really high-powered guests, and we've been yep. super stoked about you know some of the people we've had the opportunity to interview. Um, uh, if, you, if you're hearing this for the first time, go back and listen to our conversations with Jack Martin, right. colorist, and George Alderetti, and Megan Scapani, and Heather Yurko, and Jay Williams. We've got a lot of great content and had some conversations, but the reality is the world John and I live in is a world where we uh, work with a salon group work for a salon group called the Salon 124 Group in Atlanta, and we've done things here um, that most salons haven't done, won't get to that level, meaning we've grown from, you know, over the 28 years that Brian Perdue's owned the business, uh, started from one salon, he and his wife back in the day with four stylists, Mm -hmm. and grown to over six salons, a cosmetology school, close to 150 stylists, maybe near 200 employees. Right. And when you when you start to walk from a level of single uh, salon or growing, and you go from anything under you know five stylists, you get to eight, ten, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, you start to realize that some new skills and some new necessities develop during a journey like that. And one of the most important things that happens inside of a salon is, uh, whenever you enter any relationship, whether it be business or you know personal, you come in kind of with a set of agreements. And if you want to keep that operation thriving and moving forward, um, John, you know one mm-hmm. of the most important things is that when I agree to follow through on something, right. that there's some way for us to check in mm-hmm. on that, and we can only do that in order for us to all move forward. And there's a word for that. We call it accountability. Accountability, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. so, um, and that can sound, you know, to some people like a dirty word, and to some people really like, oh my God, I, we need some of that, right? Um, and some people struggle with this, even being accountable to themselves. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That, you know, there's a couple of you know little sidebars I want to make. One is I think people like accountability as long as it's to somebody else and not themselves, right? <laughs> right. Like, how come, boss, you don't hold them accountable? Well, I do. It seems as though when I try to hold you accountable, though, <laughs> you get really upset, uh, which is always interesting, right? Everybody else needs to be held accountable except us. And then, so that's kind of like small ball, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think of it as, you know, the big game. And when I think of it in the big game, I, you know, I, I wonder often if the state of our industry hasn't gotten to the point where it has because it's been really hard for salon owners, managers to hold their teams accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, when I kind of look at the different, you know, pay structures that are out there, you know, I think so many people try to, you know, I'm going to create a pay structure that's going to make people follow the rules Mm -hmm. because otherwise they won't get paid. Yeah. To the point where I think some people have switched operating systems to things like booth rental, chair rental, suite rental, Mm -hmm. because I no longer have to hold people accountable. Right, they can just do their own thing, and so 
you know, that can, that's a whole topic upon itself. But I, I wonder, you know, not that infrequently that sometimes I think that some of the ills that have come to our industry have come because we're uncomfortable with accountability or we don't know how to do it or we do it in a manner that blows up our company. Totally. Right? If you're hearing us for the first time, you know, we, we there's a lot of things that John and I repeat often. One of the things that we repeat often is, you know, most salon owners are a hairdresser that got busy, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so. They're, you know, they're great behind the chair. Um, they have a great set of people skills. They have passion, drive. You mm-hmm. know, they see the vision. They see something bigger. And then when the business starts to grow, some of the shortcomings that we see often are, oh, wow, how do I get people, you know, mm-hmm. to, to follow through on the vision and to do that? And so, you know, I guess I just I want to set you up a little bit because okay. in, in my mind, you're the guest Mm-hmm. Uh, on this conversation today, and you're going to really be bringing the majority of the content. And I just want people to know, not only are we these two funny guys on a podcast, but your world every single day um, over the past couple of years now mm-hmm. here has been to work with the managers of each of our locations. And mm-hmm. for those of you listening, each one of our locations functions at a really high level. Mm-hmm. So anywhere from you know two and a half million to you know a million and a half, like functioning at a really high level and you work with those managers on helping to hold their teams to a higher level and a part of that is following through with them and sometimes even getting them to do something maybe that they don't understand why right or how it can affect them so talk a little bit first about maybe how accountability um entered in your world and and was there ever a time where you were that owner that didn't quite understand accountability yet well, yeah, I can remember, you know, once upon a time when I first owned my salon, I was also bartending, right? So I'd bartend at night, and, you know, by the time I got home, it was 4 o'clock in the morning, yep. and the salon opened. That it. was after you threw me out, by the way. That was after no. I threw you out, you know, but I, I just did it for your own benefit. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I still think you owe me money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would be meandering into my salon at 10 o'clock, right? seeing my staff sitting outside on the sidewalk at two minutes to 10. And in my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm on time. Mm-hmm. It's two minutes to 10. Mm-hmm. But there's customers and my staff sitting waiting. Out, waiting. And you're unlocking the door. And I'm unlocking the oh door. Oh, my God. You brought back some memories. Yeah. Painful, isn't it? Right. Right. And I was sitting here going, well, why are they late? On, of course, the days they're late. And it gets back to my small ball you know, piece, which is I'm okay with you holding somebody else accountable, but um, holding myself accountable or you holding, holding me you accountable, accountable. Um, I'm not too comfortable with. And I think it starts there, right? Where one day, and I can't tell you when the magic moment was, mm-hmm. but there was a magic moment where it was like, you know, this ain't working and there's a reason for it. And that reason is me. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's just a crystal clear moment for me of mm-hmm. my failure to hold myself accountable. How am I going to do it for others? And I'm sure you're sitting here thinking, because I know I am, that most managers, owners, mm-hmm. you know, of independent salons, or um, or maybe maybe you work in a large organization already, and you're running that, and you know, most of us have that kind of come to Jesus moment, if you will, right? Where it's like, you know what, what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. isn't whatever I'm doing now isn't going to get me to where I want to go, right? You know, and then of course we swing to the other side, right? And the other side is well, we're just not hard enough on them. Right. Right. I had this and you know, I want you to picture my salon here for just a minute. There's this back room. Yeah. All salons have a back room. Yeah. Right. 
And our back room, of course, had a door that went to the outside. And there was another door that entered the salon. It was also the room where we kept all the color, right? Mm -hmm. Well, along that back wall where the door was to the outside was also a row of windows, mm -hmm. right, that also led to the outside that happened to be right next to some salon chairs. Mm -hmm. So if the door was open to the back room, mm -hmm. to the outside, if there was a conversation going on in the break room, mm -hmm. you could hear it. Yeah. In the salon through the windows. And um, I had this employee who um, was a challenge for me. And I would take him into the back room and I would have my conversation with him. And the staff would come to me and say, John, the clients can hear everything you're saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You got to close the back door. Hence, your Instagram handle is at no indoor voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been something I've taken with me forever. So I, I would, whenever I took an employee into the back room, I would have to close the back door, the one to the outside, and I would close the door to the salon, mm -hmm. and my staff affectionately referred to it as getting double-doored. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, Jesus, John's <laughs> going to take you up out, you're getting double-doored, right? But that's not good either, right? Right. When a conversation with the boss or manager turns into you're getting double-doored, yeah. and everything that comes along with that. That, that doesn't help you grow a company. It doesn't help you grow your team either. Yeah. And I think that's the transition that managers often make is we're too soft on one side. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're not even accountable to ourselves. Right. We see the light, but then we swing that pendulum way too far to the other side yeah. and we turn into little, you know, little dictators and that doesn't work either. That's you know? awesome. So where's the happy middle ground, right? Well, and so as you're talking, I kind of, you know, some questions kind of came up as, Number one, we are we already know our audience is stylists, salon owners, um, and you know just like you would you would grab a child's hand if they were about to run out into the middle of the road, right? And you might even grab more firmly than appropriate if there was danger to that you know child. Sure. Um, if I'm a stylist, you know, and I'm starting to listen to this conversation, all oh, this is going to be about, but this is about this this is about every level of person in the salon, starting from the newest team member to the owner, manager, highest level stylist. Right. I guess I want to know, um, why is accountability important at the stylist level? What, what's it going to help me to do, and why should I want to play along? Well, it's really interesting because, you know, I can, I can always tell you why, right? But I think, and you were here because you videotaped this for us, videotaped it, where am I, what generation am I from? Um, you video recorded this the other day. We actually took two stylists from each one of our Genesis brand mm -hmm. locations, which is our value-added brands, our mid-priced tiered locations, because they're the future of our company, yeah. right? And they need a voice, they have a voice I, I wanna hear. So we had, you know, 10 of them come mm -hmm. into the salon the other day, head, corporate headquarters, and we sat them down at a round table and just said, hey, you know what? We want to hear your voice. Yeah. You know, what do you have to say? What, you know, what can we do? How do we help you grow? And one of the things that they brought up was accountability. Now, they didn't use that word per se. Right. Right. But they were real clear on, you know what? If we just know what the rules clarity. are. Clarity. They yeah. wanted some clarity. Communication. Mm -hmm. Clarity. You know, just if I can't do this, this, and this, one of the stylists mm -hmm. said, then in my mor in my morning checklist through my brain that I'm doing before I get ready for work, well, I know I can't wear this. I know I got to have my makeup done. I got to know my hair I, my hair is done. But when it's ambiguous, mm -hmm. I'm not really quite sure what the expectations are. I think you want me to do this, but yeah. I'm not really sure. And I've seen some people do this, mm -hmm. but this person doesn't. I'm just a mess. 
it reminds me of um, the old saying, in the absence of rules, mm -hmm. people make up their own. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it was enlightening in a refreshing kind of way to see 14 new stylists sit in a room and say, you know what, we would just like really clear, consistent, communicated rules of behavior and not rules like, you know, clean your room. Right. You know, right. just let us know what the ground rules are. Yeah. We'll play. Yeah. But right now, you know, things are so wishy-washy. We, I just don't know where I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, and when I'm supposed to do it. It was so cool. And I guess if you're an owner listening, um, I would call that a focus group, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you asked, I, I don't want to sidebar sure. too hard on this, but you, you asked them to come prepared with three basic things. Yep. It's a great exercise that I love to do. Um, the first thing I asked them is, what are the things that we need to stop doing? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's called stop, start, keep. So stop. Whatever this is, you guys need to stop it because it's driving us crazy. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what the stops are because here's the thing. If I can get rid of those, I'm a genius right? right. as a manager. Wow, right. John, get rid of all those. Right. Or you or whoever the manager mm -hmm. is. Start. You know, what is something we don't do right now that we really could do? Cancellation policies. Can we start thinking about what the dress code looks like? Because we'd like to shake that up a little bit. Um, but I love Start because it's the place for new ideas. Yeah, what are they? What are the things that they want but haven't told us about yet? Exactly. Um, and so this was their exercise. And then Keep. What are the things that you like that we do now that, man, just keep doing that because that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And you need to know what that is because sometimes you have these, you know, grandiose ideas in your head that we're going to change this or do that. One of the most interesting things that came out of the Keeps mm -hmm. that day was they loved the staff meetings yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And it was interesting because that was a young group of people. And yep. I think we've gotten sort of to this idea that, you know, they don't want to come together and, mm -hmm. and they really enjoyed the staff meetings and they, they brought up some alternate ways to do different things, sure. yeah, yeah. but it was, it was a really powerful exercise. So if you're a salon owner, you're listening and mm -hmm. you're, you know, you, you haven't heard your team out for a while yep. at what is it? Start, stop, keep. Yep. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. Good stuff. I think one of the things that came out through the staff meeting piece that I think is really important was how, you know, we did, we are not a company that's had a culture of staff meetings in the past. Right. Right. It's something relatively new we've been doing for the last two, maybe three years now. Probably two is more accurate. We had them in the past. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But, but it wasn't consistent. It's like, hey, let's have a staff meeting. Right. And now we have one once a quarter. Yeah. Right. At every one of our locations. And what they said was, it's the communication at the staff yeah. meetings. We love the staff meetings because we get updated. Yes. It's a communication opportunity. Why that's important? Because what we don't do with our staff meetings is turn them into reprimand sessions. Reprimand mm -hmm. sessions. Yeah. We, that's not what these are for. Yeah. Because I'm sure if that's what they were, yeah. we might have got a different reaction. Totally, yeah. yeah. And maybe we do another podcast on how to run, because there, you know, there yeah. is a very specific way that you can have a great... Staff meeting. Yeah, yep. and um, and there's some ways that they don't work. So and that, you can cover uncomfortable topics without it turning into a nightmare. That's right, yeah. that's right. So uh, so one of the things about accountability, I guess, is that we want to, they, as people, we generally want to feel communicated to. We right. want to be in the know. Yep. Um, and so now talk about from an, uh, a manager's perspective, an owner's perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I know I should be holding people accountable. What are some... What are some things that I should be holding them accountable to? What are some hot spots maybe for you in your yeah. eyes? And then how do I start doing that if I haven't done it before? Am I, are we going in the right direction yeah. for that? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a five-step process, yeah. right? And the first step is just setting really clear expectations. And I want to say this 
with politeness and love, however clear you think you've been so far, you really haven't. Yeah. And that's 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 on all of us, yeah. right? That's not on our listeners. That's not on you. That's not yeah. on me. That's on all of us. Right. You know, I I mean, there's a joke going around. Yeah. I'm notorious for over-communicating. Yeah. Um, yet, nobody can say they didn't know. Right. It it's such a it's such a cool thing that I've watched mm-hmm. and learned mm-hmm. from you a hundred percent. And I just walked out of a meeting about an, uh, an hour ago mm-hmm. with um, my counterpart, Britton Monk, and yeah. we were chatting about education for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our shortcomings that we talked about mm-hmm. as a together as a as a sure. united front was, yeah. you know, we need to be. St- better about our communication points. Mm-hmm. Our touch points need to be right. seamless mm-hmm. um, or uh, frictionless. Yep. And they need to be in a way where the team deliver. Where do they want to hear it? Do they want to yeah. hear it on our Facebook, internal mm-hmm. Facebooks? Do they want to hear it in the back room? Do they want to hear it? And then, you know, the decision that, that really comes from you mm-hmm. is everywhere. Everywhere. It, if it, it needs to be said yep. until... I'm sick of hearing myself say it. Exactly. Which is what I say all the time. Exactly. If I'm not sick of hearing myself say it yet. It hasn't been said it enough. It hasn't been said enough. Yeah. And I know that sounds silly. And as owners and managers, we say to ourselves, yeah. do I really have to repeat myself? Do I really have to say yeah. this again? How many? The answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. got to. Because not only are you the, the point of communication for your team, but I think we forget this. There are other people communicating in your environment, and they're not always saying the same thing you're saying. Right. Right. So your telephone game. Yeah. Your communication isn't always about making sure that you said it. It's also to overcome the back chatter that's happening in your environment. And the bigger it is, the more back chatter there is. Right. So communication is about being really clear about what your expectations are and making sure that any back chatter doesn't have enough oxygen to, to, to live. Yeah, right. totally. Um, so back to the expectations part. you got to be real clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the employee manual, politely. Okay, so what? Right, nobody reads them. Nobody reads them, yeah. right? Um, we pull them out. It's on page 17, you know. <laughs> great. Okay, great. Yeah, you know, thanks. I, yeah, I've been working here seven years, and that was the last time I looked at it. They have to be livable things, mm-hmm. and that's where accountability comes to. No one has to know that's on page 17. Everybody just needs to know we don't do that, mm-hmm. whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm really clear on expectations. That's why I think onboarding is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Onboarding is a time and a place for expectations. Let me be really clear about what we're looking for. Let me be really clear about what's important at this company. You know what? And we're going to check in during that that onboarding process. So what do you think is important here? Well, you said this was important and now, yep, right. Perfect. Love that. Don't forget these two others. Yeah. So it's a constant reinforcement in the beginning of what those expectations are. And sometimes it means being doing it in painful detail, mm-hmm. right? Because you've said it a thousand yeah. times, right? But you got to say it again, Yeah. especially with new employees. You got to review it and you got to ask them to regurgitate it back to you. Yeah. Because if you don't quite understand, then here's the opportunity for me to get that from yeah. you. Right? And here's what I love about, you know, as I'm listening, I, I'm, as you were walking us through the steps there, mm-hmm. um, or that first, you know, step yeah. of setting up expectations, I guess what I want people to know, and, you know, as I'm listening to you say this, mm-hmm. that's the exact tone that you give things to people. And so this isn't about um, saying things, you know, uh, sit, sit, right. sit, you know, yeah. th- to, you know, this is, this is about 
talking to somebody as for what they are, mm-hmm. a, a grown professional adult, right? In a in a way where they can receive it, mm-hmm. you know, in a grown professional manner, right? Um, and then not saying something one time, so it's like a one and oh, John said that, but don't worry about it; he's mm-hmm. going to forget about it anyway, right? But communicating it enough times, it's like, oh wow, this mm-hmm. really is important here, right? And we're not trying to. I know you well enough to know that. You're not trying to set rules that are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. We're trying to we're trying to create a culture right. around this is our expected behavior, if mm-hmm. you will. This is this is how we operate here because mm-hmm. this is what sets us apart and makes us different. Right. And the minute those systems start to break down, mm-hmm. then we just sort of become mm-hmm. like every other salon up and down the street. Right. So expectations. What's the next thing? Um, well, I want to talk a little bit more about the expectations part okay. because. Not only is it important that we review them, but it's also really important that we make sure that we don't wait till we get to an emotional point to cover them, right? So very often we wait till we're angry, we wait till we're upset, or we wait until somebody really ticked us off before we decide to address it. Um, and that never works, mm-hmm. right? You've got to get to it before it becomes um an emotional trigger for you mm-hmm. because if you wait till it is it ain't going to come out the way you wanted it to totally not even close um the second thing is you know when something does happen right something goes off the rails a little bit one of the things we sometimes do i'm going to go to the to the dark side for a mm-hmm. minute why'd you do that right mm-hmm. it's a, we accuse people before we even get more information. Mm -hmm. So my first suggestion is, if you're in a habit of saying why, why did you do that, Why? how come this happened, stop, Mm -hmm. right? Because it comes across as accusatory. You know, what I will say, I'll say something like, hey Chris, what I noticed was, can you tell me more about that? Oh yeah, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that, yet. In this particular circumstance, the client did this, 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 and this. And I'll look at that and go, you know what? That was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't policy, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't in page 17, but that was the right thing to do. Or, you know, I get to ask you, you know what? In hindsight, would you have done it that way? Mm-hmm. You know what? No, I wouldn't have. Right. Well, guess what? You, you just figured it out yourself. Yeah. And then most people will say, you know what? That wasn't the right thing for me to do under that circumstance. I won't do it again. Uh, most people self-correct once they you, hear you themselves them. say it. Right. Yeah. And people don't say it if you come to them in an accusatory manner or tone. Right. They go into, we all do it. We all go into defense mode. Yeah. Right. And so if you want to really help people self-correct, and I love yeah. that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, you got to give them the opportunity. So tell me about that. Tell me more about what happened. Give me some detail because obviously I wasn't here yeah. and I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, 90% of the population will self-correct, as you said. And they'll be like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Or I'm going to say, under the circumstances, that was the right thing to do. But guess what I just did? Not only did I get to a a better outcome, but I also reinforced Mm -hmm. page 17, whatever is on page 17, right? Because we talked about it, and now you've seen another angle to that that thing that's important to us, whatever yeah. that cultural piece may be. Yeah. Right? It's interesting because if, you know, if you're working in a team-ish style salon, mm-hmm. um, or if you're not, mm-hmm. every place has a set of rules, whether right. they're official or unofficial. Correct. Right? And I love what you said about most people wait until something's a problem mm-hmm. uh, up front. And, I, you know, without backtracking, I want to say 
this is why we talk so much about vision mm-hmm. and knowing what your business is all about. And right. this can seem so cliche inside of the salon industry. It's like, well, we're here for everybody. We do mm-hmm. hair. Right. And it's like, yeah, but no. Yeah. You know, and so it this almost takes for the owner or the manager to maybe start to look at mm-hmm. what, if we're not there today, mm-hmm. what do we stand for? Right. You know, I mean, you might have to set up some some exercises, a conversation with yourself or your, yeah. you know, most important team members. What do we stand for? Then I can start to have these conversations. But I love mm-hmm. going in. Gene Juarez, um, I was listening to his team one time talking, and they said they have a a way that they go in, and I adopted this through the years, is to, is to when you have a, a challenge, an issue, mm-hmm. somebody you need to go in asking. Yeah. That's what their team said. Love that. And what that meant was go in asking questions. Don't go in like you know what happened. Mm-hmm. Go in asking, and, and that's exactly what you just shared, so that's awesome. Yeah, we don't we don't know all the details. We don't know the, per, the particular situation, and lots of times we'll miss out on stuff that's really important that we should know about because we went in guns blazing, yep. either A, emotional, um, or B, accusatory. Yep. And we find out three days later, and then we feel bad, yep. right? And that's when people leave, by the way. Yep. People leave not because they don't believe in what you believe or like working here. It's because they feel like you treat them like they're four. Yeah. You know? I mean, let's be honest. None of us like being told what to do. No, and, and this happens. Yeah. You know? We just don't. Yeah. I mean, totally. I don't like it. You don't like it. You know, nobody likes it. Totally. Um, it's completely different when you get to be the architect of your own destiny. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. What's um, the next thing we want to cover? Step three. Yeah. You know, when somebody, you know, doesn't see it, doesn't self-correct. Yeah. Right? So you, you step one is, hey, let's be really clear on expectations. Yeah. You know, number two, when we go off rails, let's talk about it. Give me mm-hmm. some more information. So yeah. before I pass any judgment, right. I need to mow more. Ask some questions. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the other side, and I'm still not happy as the owner or manager that we fulfilled our obligations. Mm-hmm. And you haven't really gotten to the point of self-correction yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to let you know about is what the ramifications are of you not keeping your word. Sure. Right? Ooh, that sounds kind of tough. Yeah. You know, not keeping my word? Well, yeah, because part of expectations is agreeing on mm-hmm. them. That's right. You know, so when I share expectations, I'll be like, uh, are you okay with those? Uh, can you live with that? Yeah. You know, and hopefully you say yes. I say, okay, great. Now we're on the other side of that. The expectations weren't met. Yeah. You know, I know you did what you thought was the best thing to do. Yet what I would explain to you is here are the ramifications of not following through according to how we would like to see it done. Yeah. The client's not coming back. So-and-so's really mad at you. She wants to move her station because they don't want to They don't want to stand next to you. Mm-hmm. That rep doesn't want to do business with us anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we can sit here all day and come sure. up with stuff, right? Sure. But you need to know where the pain comes from in regards to not keeping your word in regards to that. You know, if I was that person, you know, coming in the door, owning the salon at two minutes to 10 while my staff and employees waited out front, mm-hmm. it's cold in Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, it's 20 degrees outside and you're making your staff and your customers wait. You know what? My staff doesn't trust me. Yeah. Right. Because they don't think I'm going to be there on time. And my customers don't want to make 10 o'clock appointments. 10 o'clock. Yeah. Don't want to make 10 o'clock appointments because John's not there on time anyways. Yeah. I need to know that if I didn't figure it out myself. Yeah, and you're and now I'm a stylist, and what's wrong with me coming in at two minutes to ten? I'll play the scenario out yeah. for a second. You know, my client, 
well, I've got a, I've got a front desk person mm-hmm. who's up st- standing up front, staring at a client mm-hmm. that's staring back at them, waiting to see if I'm going to walk in the back door right. at two minutes to ten or two minutes after ten. Right. Then am I gonna? Am I now going to need to do my makeup? Sure. Am I now going to need to get my hair ready? Right. You know, I've got this person waiting. And the, I shared a story with you recently mm-hmm. about the fact that I had to wait mm-hmm. at a business that I was at. Right. It was for an extended period of time, so it was way too long. But I can tell you, I started to feel impatient mm-hmm. within the first couple of minutes. Now, when right. I see my stylist, mm-hmm. it's all going to go away for right. a second. But I'll tell you, you know, make mm-hmm. somebody put up with that for too long. And I, you use the word pain, mm-hmm. um, and I know your language well enough to mm-hmm. know what you mean by that. That was legitimate pain. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised mm-hmm. at how um, upset I was that right. I had to sit and wait. Yep. And that's what I'm causing. I mean, if we're using the example yeah. of tardiness, right? Yeah. That's what I'm causing. Yep. And if an owner can't come to me and check on me mm-hmm. and say, you know, Chris. Right. When I hired you, or when mm-hmm. we agreed that you could work here, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about on time was fifteen minutes early. Yeah, you know, if I if if I can't be adult enough to accept that feedback mm-hmm. and adjust my behaviors based on that, then mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe there's some growing up there to do. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, right. Uh, somebody taught me a valuable lesson a long time ago, and she told me, Lisa, if you're ever out there. Uh, Camperini in Texas she taught me that um, you know being late isn't about you John she goes being late is disrespectful to every other person in this room who took the effort and energy to be on time, on time. yeah right? so you know if you're late you know, I'm, you're not cutting my hair right right but everybody else in this room feels disrespected yeah because you decided that that was not important. Tell us more about this conversation. Um, so, you know, this conversation has, you know, for me, it's all about, let's talk about the pain, right? Because to your point, that's the word I want to use. Um, you know, if you're that front desk person and that client sitting there looking, right? They're looking at you, you're looking at them. That, st- that front desk person's sweating, yeah. right? That front desk person has probably already got confronted once, maybe twice, by that customer sitting there. Well, where's John? Where is he? Is he coming in on time? If he didn't, if he wasn't going to be here on time, why didn't you call me? You could have mm-hmm. called me, and I could have come in a little bit later, mm-hmm. because we all know that when a stylist walks in the room, oh, John, ah, oh, I missed you. My hair needs you, right? But the receptionist, the front desk person, they don't have the same. Yeah, they no, they're the they're form. staring down the a, a barrel of a gun. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I remember I had um, my wife had come in and worked the front desk for a while on a day when uh, one of my desk leads was out. And I was like, hey, you want to come in and work the desk for a day? She's like, sure. At the end of the day, um, she was crying, literally crying. Hmm. And I walked in the back room where she was, and one of the other staff members says, hey, you know, Kimberly's crying. And I'm like, what? And I walked in the back, and I was like, what's the matter? So-and-so is so mean. Because mm-hmm. this client mm-hmm. had come in late, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, I had taken my next client because mm-hmm. they were already there. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'll do the mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. client, and then when sure. so and so shows up late, I'll take care of them. Um, but she had she was rude and mean to my wife. Yeah. And I was like, Are we talking about the same person? Because yeah. I know her, yeah. and she is sweet as pie. Yeah. She goes, She was rude. She was combative. Yeah. She basically stared me down. Yeah. And she tried to bully me. Yeah. 
into making you stop doing the client. Are we talking about the same person? Yeah. And it was the same person. Yeah. Right? We are treated differently because we're the stylist. Totally. By the customers. Totally. The customers, unfortunately, some don't respect our support staff. Yeah. And you got to know what it's like to live with their pain. Yeah. Because they're all smiles and, and happy when they're in our chair. Totally. Because to tell you the truth, I don't want to be a jerk if you're going to. You know, if I'm gonna be a jerk, it's gonna be after you cut my hair, right? Not before, right? Right. And if and if I'm if I'm not aware that my actions yep. affect people around everybody me, around you, you need to, we need to realize that everybody, yeah. And awesome. so being really clear on what the ramifications are for not following through, because maybe I don't know why this is important. Yeah. And I know it sounds silly, but people don't know. Yeah. They haven't had that experience. Yeah. The 22 year old me who walked in the door at five minutes or two did not understand why this was bad i didn't amen yeah amen real clear on what the impact of them not keeping their words are yeah so now we've gone through the steps right we've through you know either onboarding or any other time or process by constantly reinforcing expectations yeah when the expectations go off the rails you know we sit down and we ask questions tell me about this you know how did we get here etc yeah avoiding confrontational language like why did that happen and not waiting till you get emotional. When, yeah. when you know intellectually it's time, it's time. When If, if you're letting something stew, I know that there's mm-hmm. 90% of people out there wait until there's a fire in their stomach right. so big right. that they can't help but bring emotion right. into their conversation. Yep. Emotional, I just heard this the other day, I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Emotion means energy in motion. Perfect. Once that mo- once that momentum it's is moving, it's really hard to pull it back. It's real hard to pull back. Yep. Review what the ramifications are of you not keeping your word yep. because maybe you don't know, or maybe I need you to feel the other person's pain, right? Yep. And so that happens next. Um, now it's a time for me to reset the expectations. Okay, so let's review. Right? We talked about making sure you're here 15 minutes before the client is yep. ready. You know. You explain to me that, well, you know, school's back in session and you get stuck behind the school bus. I get it. And we've also reviewed, you know, what the challenges are and how this affects your clients. All right, so can we, we're going to reset our expectations. We know now that school's in session, right, Chris? We need to get here 15 minutes in advance so that we can prepare for the client, so that they don't feel like you're gonna come in at the last minute, so you can get your hair and your makeup done if it's not quite fresh yet, um, but just so you're in that place to take care of that client. Can we agree on that? I think so. Okay, great, perfect. Um, that's awesome, and let's try this again. And so far, all of this has been a really healthy conversation, mm-hmm. right? None of this has been anything we need to fight over, Yeah. right? Now here's the challenge. We get to step four, three times, four times, mm-hmm. five times. We always get to step four. We reset expectations, and then we never do anything else. Yeah, and this is the accountability piece in my mind as I'm listening. It's how do I follow up on agreements set, cl- mm-hmm. clear, and made? I, look, I think every one of us, I mean, I watch you communicate mm-hmm. and communicate and communicate, mm-hmm. And sometimes people just literally don't get it the first time around, the second time around, third right. time. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. And now we've had the clear-cut conversation mm-hmm. that there's, you know, I've caused mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, a place where most owners, like you said, mm-hmm. repeat, mm-hmm. 
right? I can repeat step four and five until the cows come home. How do I follow up or, you know, what are some of the ways that work to follow up and keep this thing moving? Well, I want to talk about that loop, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I call it the loop of hope, Mm -hmm. right? Because we always have these, we have these great conversations. Man, I had to sit down with yeah, Chris today. I feel really good I feel about really it. Really good about yeah, it. Yeah, I think we have a meeting of the minds. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. This is awesome. I yeah. think things are going to be different. Yeah. Two weeks later, right? We're here again. Yeah. And we have this groundbreaking. Yeah, but discussion. she was so oh, good for a week. And she heard it me. Was I know so, she did. She said she yeah, was she there. She said the words. Right. I mean, she repeated seventeen like by heart. Yeah. You know. And we get stuck in this loop. We're doing it again, and we keep having these aha moments, and none of these aha moments turn to anything lasting, right? They're aha moments for the moment. Mm -hmm. And we get caught up in that hope, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I had worked with this woman a bunch of years back when I was working for a consulting company, the vice president of sales. And she taught me something. And, you know, uh, every time I have one of these podcasts with you, Mm -hmm. I remember how many people have how many people have taught Taught me so much great things. Mm -hmm. So if I don't mention your name, I still want you to know you've taught me some really, all of you people out there have taught me some really amazing things that have shown up on this podcast. So thank you. Um, Okay, enough of that. Um, One of the things that this person taught me is she says, we fall in love with potential. Yeah. You know, and she was specifically talking at that particular time about a mate, right? Mm -hmm. You see somebody and they're attractive and you have a conversation with them. And the next thing you're thinking, wow, we're going to have a house with a picket fence and a dog and a couple of cats. And we're going to have babies running around. You fall in love with that. Yep. You don't fall in love with the person. Mm -hmm. You fall in love with what the future looks like. Yeah. And that's what the, the loop of hope is. Right. I had this great conversation with Chris. It's awesome. I'm in love with what he's going to be next. Yeah. Well, you need to fall in love with who he is yep. right now because yep. that's the guy you're going to live with. Yeah. Right? And so that's the challenge. We get stuck in this loop of hope, and it's usually because we fall in love with what we think we see for the future, and that future may not be reality. Right? So we have to come to grips to that. Uh, but now let's get real specific about, well, what do we do next? How do we hold people accountable? One of the things I think that's really important that we forget is we need to touch base with people on a regular basis. We have two methods. We have more than two methods, but two of the methods we use all the time with communication is I'm a big fan of one-on-ones, which is meeting with your, your staff once a month, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, um, and just touching base. Oh, let me rephrase that. It's more than touching base. It's let's review your numbers. Let's talk about where you're at. I'm going to review, hey, Last time we were here, we were talking about your tardiness. How do you seem to be doing? Because it looks much better. Oh, John remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's making sure I stay accountable yep. to this. He's not just going to forget. He's not going to forget. I write it down. Yep. I mean, you've seen my paperwork, right? A hundred percent. Every time I have a meeting with every uh, um, employee, I take notes. This is what we talked about. This is what I said I was going to do. This is what Chris said he was going to do. And it's written down so when we come back in a month, we're going to review those things. And then there's what I also call touch bases, which are just random things, you know, and I don't schedule them. It's just, you know, sometimes I think it's really cool to hang out in the back room with, you know, the people I work with, and I just hang out. I don't have an agenda. I'm not there to talk about any one thing. But if I'm hanging out back there and I see you walk in the door, I'll be like, Chris, you know what? You've been on time 
like your attendance has been stellar for like the last two weeks. So you'll so you'll not only catch me when I'm not following through on my agreements right. or the accountable piece, but you'll also reinforce, mm-hmm. and I don't even have to go out of my way to remind you. Nope. you got to remember, right? And I'm never going to say that in the back room, whether it's others listening, that it was the opposite, right? Yeah. Like I'm not going to sit there and go, hey, Chris. You how come? How you come you're still late? late again, right, I'm in front gonna, of four people. Right. I'm yeah. not going to do that. That's a one-on-one, yeah. right? Yet... I'm a big believer in catching people doing things right. Yeah. You know, somebody had shared with me a while back, because it's not a habit we have. Right. So I made this habit of putting five pennies in my right-hand pocket. And my goal was to have five pennies in my left-hand pocket yeah. by the end of the day. And every time I praise somebody, I take that penny, move it from my right pocket to my left. So I had to do five praises a day. Sometimes I had five pennies in my left pocket. Sometimes I didn't have any, right? It just depended on the day. But it became a habit. Yeah. Right. And we, if you really want people to change behavior, remind them of when they're doing it right. That's right. Because nobody likes it better than when you praise them and call them up for doing something right. You want somebody to keep on doing something right? Tell them. That's it, right. Praise them. Yeah. Give them positive feedback. We're always quick, or maybe not quick. Maybe we're either quick or heavy with confrontation. And we're way too light and way too distant with providing praise. Yeah. Um, so if you really want to change behavior, praise that. And That's if you awesome. see somebody actually moving in a direction you talked about, yeah. make sure you tell them. Awesome. You've been on time for two weeks. That's awesome. Your clients have been happy. Thank you, Chris. You're doing awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a book called The One Minute Manager. Love it. Yeah, we're both fans. shares, uh, yeah. you know, and that's Catch Someone Doing Something Right. And yeah. there's a little system in there. If you're if you're new to managing and, yeah. you know, I mean, John's been doing this a long time. You've had a lot of evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certain you weren't perfect when you started. Not and, even close. And, and, you know, we're all still growing yeah. and getting better at it. But if, if you're new and you're needing some more structure, mm-hmm. uh, adding that read to your list, it's an easy read. And yeah. I'd recommend it for lots of people. Ah, agreed. Yeah. So now last, okay, John, I've done all of that, right? I still have a challenge with this, you know, employee or this coworker. Yeah. There has to be discipline, um, a discipline process. What happens? Well, yeah, what happens? How, what, what happens if I just continue to not yeah. follow through on our agreements? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the paperwork. And by I mean the paperwork is we have a written warning, verbal warning process, right? Um, the first step is, I call it a verbal warning, right? It's written down because mm-hmm. I need to document it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't require a signature right. by the person I'm having a conversation with. Hey, Chris, you know what? I know we've talked about this before. I'm going to say these words, right? I need for you to consider this a verbal warning. Your lateness has gotten to the point where we're losing customers. The front desk staff is taking yeah, heat. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. And so I need you to know I'm considering this a verbal warning. Now I'll go through the steps, mm-hmm. right, again. But it's ending, not with hope. Right. It's ending with, you need to consider this a verbal warning. And I will document it and put it in your file. Yeah. So there's step one. Step two, it happens again. Now, I don't mean the next day, right? I give people a little bit of room. You know, there's a big difference between a one-off, mm-hmm. meaning you did something dumb today. Sure. And it being a habit. Right. You know, um, if you're late twice, three times a week, we're talking about a habit. If you just missed me one day, you know what? I'm going to be late one day. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen sooner or later. Sure. Right. 
Um, that's okay. Don't get oppressive. You're looking for patterns of behavior, and a one-off is not a pattern. So anyways, you've gotten back into the habit of being late. Now it's time for a written warning. What's the difference between a written and a verbal? Basically, you just get a signature on it. Um, now it also means it's our second write-up, right? And so I'm going to write a written warning. I'm going to write what the challenge is. I'm going to make a connection to page 17 in the handbook. This is specifically why you're, you're getting you know, this disciplinary notice. And I want your signature on it. Now, let's be clear about the signature because I think some people get confused in that. Some staff members may say to you, I'm not signing that. Fine. Don't. The point of the signature is not to admit that you were wrong. The point of the signature. We had the conversation. We had the conversation. And all you're signing is saying, yeah, I got, I was notified. Now, if you don't want to, for whatever reason, okay, I'm going to call a third person into the room and I'm going to say, hey, Juliana, Chris, you know, I just give Chris a written warning. He prefers not, not to, to sign. sign it. Would you sign as a witness that I gave him this? And Juliana will say, okay, sure. And she'll sign it. And that's all I need. Yeah. So now there's two. Now at this point, you know, different companies do different things. You know, some folks may give you a third warning, right? Some folks may consider this next one a final, right? And I'm going to be real clear on that. You know, Chris, the next warning you get will be a final, which also means it's your termination, right? Or maybe that one is your final. Right. But the time after that right. is, your, is your termination. Right. Whatever it is, that process needs to be written down and in your employee manual. Right. Because here's the thing. How come this person got two written warnings? This one person's got three. This yeah. one person's got four. Again, that was one of the things our team brought up to us in the focus group. We just want clear expectations. Just let us know where we're at, where we're supposed to be in this, and we're good. Yeah. It's when you're ambiguous that we have challenges. Um, and then that's it. And then, you know, very rarely does it come to the end when you've got a term somebody. And I mean rarely. Yeah. I've been in this, you know, this side of our company, which is the salon side, for almost, you know, almost three years now, probably like two and a half. No, two. I've been on this side of the fence for two years now. When I was at the school, you know, I fired two people in three years. Yeah. You know, on this side of the equation, I haven't fired anybody. You know, it doesn't happen that often. I often think that people who fire a lot of people they're going through a process of not being really clear on expectations. They get emotional. The person you're talking to gets emotional. If you're doing this right and doing it with an open heart and you're doing it with really clear communication, very rarely does it come to the point where you need to term somebody. And here's the sad fact is if it does, then you probably should have done it a while back. Right. You know, totally. Yeah. Now I love this conversation and really, you know, when I think of this, I think about all of the people through the years that have made turnarounds mm -hmm. where they were heading in a direction where, quite honestly, they weren't going to be successful. Right. I mean, the reality is, is um, being successful in business is relatively easy if you just do certain things. Right. And we tend to set some guidelines around if you act this way, for a period of time, mm -hmm. this is what you're going to get. Right. Or if you just do a few things a little bit differently and, mm -hmm. you know, hold in high regard things that are important for your success, mm -hmm. 
then you're going to get this kind of result, right. you know, and it's going to be better. And those are the those are the guidelines that we set, right? Right. Very rarely are we having a, a, a communication around something that's going to help somebody grow, right? That's right. not the. Yeah. So you know, um, if you're an owner and you're just kind of you know if you've hit that point, um, I'm going to give us a shout out for a second. You mm-hmm. want to find out more about this, um, John, myself, Brian Purdue. Uh, a few of our team members here are reaching out. We created a company called 124Go, mm-hmm. and where we help owners and managers and salons get to a higher level. Um, these are some of the topics we discuss, as well as finances and how to grow your team and recruit and train and hire and, you know, uh, from technical to, you know, to behind the chair growth. And so uh, I just think this was a great conversation. John, you want to share any kind of closing thoughts, or is there anything that you feel like we're leaving on the table? You know, I don't. I think I talk a lot today. Yeah, (laughs) so I'm good. Um, I guess I just want to re-emphasize the point of, you know, I like to approach, you know, these kind of conversations as coaching opportunities, and I think mindset is really important. If you're going to go in with all guns blazing, you're going to have a totally different. Uh, end result than if you if you go in going you know what I need to have a conversation with Chris there's some coaching that needs to be done here yeah. I really think I can help him if I if I'm honest yeah right I'm providing direct feedback and I'm doing it in a manner that makes sense yeah totally yeah. at Kuhn I used to call it with the educator network and and at Living Proof mm-hmm. uh, coaching with compassion mm-hmm. Love like it. I'm coaching you knowing that mm-hmm. you're a human being with a whole different set of circumstances on the other side right. And all we're doing is gain, gaining some clarity on how we can do better together. Right. And that's it. Love so it. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, thank you very much to those who have been screenshotting us and sharing us in your Instagram stories. Um, share it with a friend. If there's somebody who you think needs to hear this message and uh, will be entertained or entertained, if you will, <laughs> by by this, uh, go ahead and copy entertrained? that. Entertained. I yep. like that. That's a word. Yep. I like it. Yep. Um, you know, copy this link and share this podcast with a hair, somebody in the salon industry who would help. Uh, that said, John, anything else we need to ask? No. Um, oh, how silly of me. You know what we need to ask? But all of, first of all, I want to say thank you. We've got like 21, I think, last I checked. Yeah. 21? Yeah, we've got five star, star reviews. reviews. So Absolutely. for all of those out there who have helped us, including our French speakers north of the border, <laughs> um, I really, we really appreciate you taking the time and effort to write us a wicked good five star review. Keep that train rolling. So for all of you out there, um, thank you again. Keep on writing those reviews. As Chris said, keep on sharing this Instagram, posting your stories. We've got such great feedback and so many people listening in on us today um, and we really appreciate that thankful for, for all of you absolutely one last thing I want to mention if you love this song that we use in our opening and closing love this song love this song I just want to give a shout out to Katrina Stone and this is called Never Wanna Grow Up and it's just such a great song we love that it's playing right now and you're listening to it and on the last podcast, I played it all the way through, and I'm going to do that as a treat for you on this one as well. Everybody have a great week.
is where you want to grow up.